I'm doing great. You know, sad, um, but I also, um, you know, in, in these situations, I think about this when Barney Hall passed away. You know, Ken's great friend from MRN all those years. Of course, the, the Squire Hall Award at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I think about when Barney passed, and it was like, uh, as much as I hated to see him go, it also was an opportunity to tell people his story. And that's kind of how I feel about Ken, which is I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that don't understand the impact that Ken Squire had, not just on, on racing, but just on, on broadcasting, on sports broadcasting. And so um, it, it'll be interesting in the coming days um, to see what I – yes, it's sad, but it's also an opportunity to educate people on someone they should have known about anyway. Well, one of those people is me, frankly, and I, I've said this multiple times earlier today. I've only worked here for three years. Um, I did not yeah. know Ken in his prime, and I was not a racing fan before I got here. So educate me a little bit. What made Ken so special to the sport, to you? Well, I think that you are the perfect example because, you know, when I would talk to Ken about, you know, those early days of him helping Bill France organize MRN Radio and him helping – you know, get NASCAR on CBS, get the Daytona 500 deal done, you know, in, in the late 70s. And so, you know, his what he would talk about is people like you that don't know the story and, and don't know the people behind the wheel. And he, he used to say to me all the time, and he said it to everyone, which is, this isn't about race cars. It isn't about racetracks. It's about the superheroes who are sitting behind the wheel. And we have to explain to the people who these men are because once they get to know them, they're going to love them. And one of the last conversations I had with Ken was at the hall of fame. And I always wear all this Marvel and star Wars stuff. And I had a captain America ring on. And what Ken said to me was, he said, well, of course you love superheroes. We've been around them in the garage our entire careers. And that's the perfect Ken example because it's, it's educating people like you who didn't know a lot about racing um, on the fact that, you know, it isn't just about, you know, 200 mile power cars. It's about the superhumans that are behind the wheels of those cars. And if you, if you really listen to the way Ken did broadcast, that's what he talked about. I mean, he let the mechanics talk about the mechanics and he let the guys, the, the, the pit reporters talk about the pit stops. And what Ken was trying to do was explain to you, it wasn't just that Buddy Baker took the lead. It was that the giant Buddy Baker with the big heart who is oh for whatever in the Daytona 500, that's the guy that took the lead. So it was constantly telling stories, and that that's the lesson that, that I think we've all learned is certainly a journalist with him. Is it a fair, excuse me, is it a fair comparison to say that Ken was to NASCAR or did for NASCAR what John Madden did for football? Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, it is, and I would even go further than that because, you know, what, what John did was John, John tapped into the masses, right? John loved football so much, and you could tell. But John was a, was a commentator. You know, John was an analyst. You know, Ken didn't just tell you the story. Ken did all the broadcast deals to get the stories done. You know, like I say, Ken helped the France family put together the Motor Racing Network. And Ken, you know, as you know, um, you know, would put together these, these patchworks of racetracks and local radio stations. And he would find ways. He was a businessman, you know. And to me, that's the difference is that he's a fantastic storyteller. I think Madden is a perfect comparison. But then I would even take it a step further than that because John Madden wasn't doing the deal, right? John Madden wasn't sitting in boardrooms and, and putting together, you know, broadcast partnership deals for the sport. And, and so 
what Ken did in the pioneering days. He, he was su- such a great businessman, but then an even better broadcaster. Mm. And I know a lot of people. I've been in this business my whole life. I know a lot of really good broadcasters who are terrible business people. <laughs> and I know a lot of business people who I would have never put in front of a microphone. And, and Ken mastered both of them. Ryan McGee from ESPN with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV as we continue to honor Ken Squire, who passed away last night at the age of 88. You know, I've been thinking about this, and Larry McReynolds from uh, SiriusXM is going to join us in a little while. I think I'm going to talk about this with him also. It's not just NASCAR, right? We think about Ken associated with NASCAR, but it's all levels of racing. I think about what he did here in Vermont, you know, setting up and organizing and getting Thunder Road going, you know, talking about local short track racing. And just he just was an advocate for the sport at every level. Yeah, and, and and everyone, you know, he was so much, he was so larger than life, but he could stand in the pits, you know, it, it, you know, give me any New England racetrack and have a conversation with the plumber who ran late models on Saturday nights, and then the very next weekend he could be at Talladega talking to Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so there was a it was a relatability with Ken that even though, yes, he was bigger than life and, and he was, you know, you got to have a little bit of ego or a lot of ego to do what he did in his life and to be the broadcaster that he was. But he would check it at the door if he saw an opportunity to help someone. And he, let me tell you, he was hard, man. Kim, Kim would correct you. You know, if I wrote a story and Ken took umbrage with something I had written or if he thought that I had made a mistake and had, had you know, an inaccurate stat or whatever – I would hear from him, and uh, would usually he'd be waiting on me in the garage, you know, on, on a Friday morning when they opened the garage. And so, Ken could be tough, man, but but uh, but he also had heart, and I think that's why, you know, if you were at a short track, you know, in Waterbury on, on a on a on a Wednesday night, you could talk with him, and if you were on the pole. You know, for the Winston 500 that weekend, you could talk to him. You know, maybe this is just my racing ignorance coming out, but I, I grew up thinking NASCAR was a predominantly Southern sport. And then now I've learned about Ken and Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR. And I can't help but wonder if the two things are related, where Ken helped bring Northerners into the sport. Is that is that fair? Oh, it's totally fair. And I always have thought it is, it is a hilarious twist to the whole thing is that, you know, you, so you had Barney Hall, right? And Barney was, I mean, as, as, as mountains of North Carolina, he grew up running on North Carolina, Virginia line, you know, near Wilkesboro. And, uh, and then you had Ken who came from the mountains as well, but it was the Green Mountain, yeah. right? So it was completely, I, it, to me, it's the most underappreciated aspect of NASCAR where, and rightfully so because of who the race car drivers were and who the superstars were and the accents that you heard, you know, from the most of the competitors, you know, on television or radio. But Ken, you know, you kind of had this New England, you know, modified cult, right? <laughs> and Ken managed to take that group and bring them south and then bring the Southerners and bring them north. And so I, always, I wish I could have been there. I, I, I went to, I was at like the fifth or sixth weekend, race weekend they ever had at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yep. So Looney, Connecticut, and I drove up. I always wished I could have been there for that very first race in Loudoun because I can't even imagine, you know, the looks on the faces of the Ken Squires and Bob Bears of the world, you know, who finally got the Cup Series, you know, back to New England after being gone for decades. And so, yeah, I, the fact that uh, the, the, the air quote southernmost sport, uh, the voice of that sport, 
you know, was a hard-edged man from New England, I always got the biggest kick out of. You know, maybe I should have led with this, but I'm just curious. How, how well did you know Ken? You talk about him waiting for you in the pits. You know, did you meet him a hundred, hundreds of times, five times? Kind of what was your relationship like? Well, so back in the day, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I cover college football. So, I mean, I don't go to the racetrack nearly as much as I used to. But when I first started in this business, you know, in the mid to late 90s, I was going to the racetrack 30 weekends a year. And so I knew Ken pretty well. And, and, and I tell you what, what has always resonated with me when it comes to – you go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame and you see the names that are, that are attached to the Squire Hall Award, which is the broadcasting wing of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, the, the journalism, the, the, you know, the, the media wing. And when I look at those names and it's Chris Economaki and Ken Squire and Barney Hall and Tom Higgins – and Steve Wade, I mean, all the legends of, of sports, motorsports journalism, they all at one point or another put their arm around me as a 20-something-year-old wet behind the ear, you know, dummy, and talked to me about, all right, you know, w- what do you think about this, and why did you say that, and why did you write that, and why did you produce this? Because they wanted those of us who they thought would be hanging around for a while, and I've been doing it 30 years, I think they would recognize, all right, we need to help these young people cover the sport because that was part of their mission. Always. You covered the sport from a journalistic angle, but they also loved the sport so much that they understood how important it was to, you know, help the next generation because they knew one day they wouldn't be around. And so I knew him really well. Um, you know, I knew him better some years than I did other years. And there were times quite frankly, when he drove me a little crazy (laughs) and probably vice versa. But that think that's, that's what makes Ken great is that he was going to tell you what he thought uh, whether the hell you wanted to hear it or not. And that's that's how you achieve greatness, and that's how he did it. Well, Ryan, I'll get you out of here on this, and I do appreciate the time. Um, I'm already kind of thinking ahead to next year, you know, Memorial Day Classic at Thunder Road, what that first race at Thunder Road is going to be like without Ken. And, you know, we got three months until Daytona. I'm kind of curious, just what do you think the Daytona 500 scene is going to be like next year, the first one without Ken? It's going to be crazy. I, I can't even imagine because, you know, obviously he, he was in MRN and he was CBS and he was back on the radio, but he still was doing, you know, public address announcements for years. And any time there was any sort of – he la- the last time I, I worked with him, I'd written a script for something from the Oscar Hall of Fame and Ken voiced it. And he called me on the phone. And he goes, well, he goes, I'm at that age, McGee. He goes, they only call me when they can't remember what happened and I'm the old guy that was there. <laughs> and, you know – so, so it's, it's, but it is going to be, there's just certain, there's certain people and certain personalities that you can't imagine what the place is going to be like without them. And, and even if it was just accidentally running into Ken, you know, in the garage in New Hampshire or in the garage at Daytona, um, you don't feel like it's speed weeks if you haven't at least shaken his hand and checked in. And so next February is going to be, uh, it's going to be a loss for sure. Ryan McGee, college football, NASCAR, minor league baseball. You can go buy his book as you think about holiday presents as well. But here, giving us a little bit of a perspective on Ken Squire, who we lost yesterday and certainly will miss. Ryan, we appreciate you being a part of this. Thanks for the uh, the kind words, all the stories, and all the memories. And we'll catch up down the road under uh, under better circumstances. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you calling and asking me to participate, Brady. I really do.